Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon. Welcome back to Hope in Christ with Denise here on Kingdom Influencers Broadcast. I am your host, Pastor Denise M. Walker, founder of Hope in Christ Ministries. And here at Hope in Christ, we continue to be healthy, overcomers, purpose, and maintain our eternal perspective as we walk in our true identity in Christ Jesus. Let's open with a word of prayer and then we'll begin today's show. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, O God, that you alone are God and there is no other. Father, I ask, O God, that those of us that are listening, those that are tuned in and listening to hear your voice, O God, that we would be strengthened by your word. We would strengthen in you, Lord, to go forth and do what you've called us to do and serve you and serve you with all of our heart. Love you with all of our heart, mind, body, and soul, and spirit. Father, we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all for tuning in again to Hope in Christ with Denise here on Kingdom Influences Broadcast. Again, I am your host, Pastor Denise and Walker, and we are continuing with our discussion from the devotional Experiencing God. Now, I am continuing with chapter 4 of Experiencing God. And as I read this chapter today, um, I was just overwhelmed with how much God loves us and wants to use us and wants us to experience Him in our day-to-day lives. And so, the scripture reference for today um for us being God's servant is from John 12 and 26. And it says, if anyone serves me, he must follow me. Where I am, there my servant also will be. If anyone serves me, the father will honor him. Again, if anyone serves me, he must follow me. Where I am, there my servant also will be. If anyone serves me, the father will honor him. John 12 and 26. So in chapter 4, Pastor Henry Blackaby talked about being God's servant, serving God through serving others. And so this um, chapter was so profound because we don't think about it when we, um, when God puts us, put us in leadership positions. Oftentimes, when from my experience in my years in education and my years in, in church and ministry, oftentimes I've witnessed the opposite. I've witnessed leaders wanting to be served. And so instead of serving, jumping in the trenches and doing what is needed to get the job done. And so um, I find myself and I found myself being reluctant to go into corporate leadership and education or in, um, you know, places like that, because I just feel like I do a better job serving children or youth um, inside the classroom. And so because it just it I've seen a lot. In, in many, many years in the field. And so that made me think about being God's servant. And when he um, just, he, I mean, he, he really broke it, broke it, broke it down to what it looks like. 
to what it looks like in our lives. And then he pulled a scripture again from Matthew 20, 27 through 28. And it says, whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave. Just as um, the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Matthew 20 verses 27 through 28. Again, it says, whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave just as the son of man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many so this particular scripture tells us that god is instructing us to serve to not be haughty or get the big head as a leader um but the, those that are serving God through serving people are those that are first in his eyes and so we see that there is a problem in the church world for example in the church world where we see the opposite of this we see um situations like where we're seated in the sanctuary or different places where people are seated where sometimes it could get like a literal argument or something where a person is sitting and what another person views as their seat and we forget that other people are watching us in um those that come to church and those that are outside of church watching our behaviors and christ has called us to serve to be a servant so it, being a servant if someone is already sitting in a seat i believe god is saying he's trying to keep us in a humble state to recognize that it is him that's doing the work through us and not ourselves and so um i just remember having um leaders and ministers and pastors that they would literally go to the back of the church they would go and sit in another seat in the back of the church why they wanted to show that it wasn't about that seat because um they were there to serve others and so um that really brought out that point to me and he says here and i'm only gonna use a few of what he says in this chapter he says when you respond to god's invitation to salvation you join him in his mission of world redemption and oftentimes we forget about that statement. Again, it says, when you respond to God's invitation to salvation, you join him in his mission of world redemption. We forget that God used others, right? He, people that served God um, and God used them to serve us as we were being redeemed. We forget that now we have to in turn do the same thing because we get caught up in the limelight of the world and so here um pastor henry blackaby he he talks about that he says what the world views as you know serving and leading is not the way god views it we have to serve god we have to live our lives for God. God has to live through us and serve others so that people can see the power of God, not the power of ourselves. And so um, I remember some years ago, um, 
just certain books that was coming out about you know calling things to yourself basically where you would have all this power and wealth and and things like that and and i just was looking like this is not scripture because the word tells us to humble ourselves before the mighty hand of god and then he will exalt us that we don't just pull things and call things yes we speak what god has already said so the power comes from him from god the holy one of israel and so um that's you know just thinking about that particular statement that he made that we are to be on a mission um to redeem those in the world that don't know christ and we get caught off we we get just caught up in the world system and the way the world does things and as christians that is not the way we're supposed to respond um a couple other notes he says being god's servant is quite different from working for human a human master um while an ordinary servant labors for his master god works through his servants so once again it's not you somebody leading over you and beating you beating you down and you're serving them and constantly doing what they ask you to do um he uses the analogy that with god being a servant of god it is the opposite of that where you god is working through you to get the task done and so we have to be willing be willing to be used by god he says it's more like a potter and clay it's more like a potter and clay and he says to be useful a the clay has to be pliable that means being able to bend um, being able to withstand pressure um, once it is made into a vessel its usefulness is still subject to the discretion of the potter so i love this statement because sometimes when things feel stressful and we go through things in life um we wonder you know can we can we handle so much so much and even in that god is using us he's using us to show the world that through his power through him being with us and and him working through us we can do anything because he has the power um to cause us to to be successful in all things and so we have to be clay we have to be pliable, not stiff, not able for God to, you know, bend. But we have to be able to, if God says, you know, oftentimes we say, oh, no, I can't, I can't go to another country. Uh, if God tells us to go on a mission trip, would we allow him to work through us to do just that? And so this book just really, this chapter and this book has really, 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 um changed my thinking like it's really making me understand am i really experiencing god or have i just been doing church and doing religion because am i allowing god to use me work through me um to get the task done um or are we just kind of doing stuff and nobody in the world is dying around us the world the redemption of the world is it's not happening in so many instances. 
And the word says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whomsoever believes in him, whosoever, whosoever believes, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that through him that we might be saved. And so it says the world. So sometimes I, I and, and like I say, I'm not saying anything about um, church life. But what I'm saying is, are we going after the Great Commission? Going to all the world. Preach the gospel. Going to all the world. Sometimes we only we don't go beyond the church service on Sunday. So we have to remember, we have to think about that. Are we serving God? Or are we serving our pastors? Are we serving just, you know, the people around us? Or are we really serving God and com and doing the the great commission from Christ Jesus. So we just have to keep that in mind. And then a couple other notes that Pastor Blackaby says here is, um, he says, when you offer yourself to God as his servant, he first expects to shape you into the instrument of his choosing. He will always work in you before he works through you. As you obey, he is the one who completes the work. So he's going to work in you, work out those things in you so that then he could work through you. I'm pers personal testimony. That has been my testimony as being the clay and allowing the potter, Father God, to work through me, in me first and then through me. A lot of people don't really know that at heart or my personality is more introverted than extroverted. And so as an introvert for many years, I would never have, first of all, been talking on a podcast or speaking in front of people. I teach children, but it's different. I always say, when people ask me about that, I always say, but it's different. Because when I speak in front of my peers, fear, anxiety used to just overtake me. Um, when I would sing on the praise team, or when I would sing at church, um, just in general in the choir, I would, if I had to get a mic by myself, I was terrified. And so God had to work those things out of me so that he could work through me and minister through me to other people. And so my testimony is that recently I spoke at a women's conference by myself and I felt no anxiety. I felt no fear on the inside of me. I just felt the power of God transforming not just the women, but myself just working out the pain and the things that we've experienced and helping women to walk in that um, true identity in Christ Jesus. And so that has been, again, one of my testimonies for sure is really, really allowing God to work things out of me so he can work through me. Um, again, that was anxiety, fear, um, 
I would rather be at home by myself or reading a book than be out in a crowd. And so when it was time to write, to be an author, and I had to speak to people and I had to go and do book signings and things like that, it was overwhelming at first, but I allowed God to be the potter and shape and mold me. I was so nervous about speaking to people at one of my first book signings. And um, people asked me about my book and I was stumbling over my words. And, and I just remember my husband encouraging me to speak what God had already put inside of me. And so, um, again, we have to be willing to allow God to use us. We can't be reluctant um, because in order to be God's servant, we have to be willing to serve God in whatever he's calling us to do. I would have never, ever, ever, if you'd asked me this three, four years ago, if I would be writing an, uh, a book, if I would have three books um, that God has birthed through me, um, that God has spoken, if you would have asked me, would I be an author? I would have probably told you no. I probably looked at you as if you had two heads. But when God began to lay on my heart to, first of all, my first book to journal those things that he had already placed on the inside of me and make it into a book for young people to understand the deity of Christ, which was the first um, journal for hope in Christ. Um, and then he began to work through me to write the, the first novel that I wrote. I had never written an actual um, full novel. I have written short stories. Uh, but I had never done that. I had written devotionals, but I never written a whole entire book. And so to see God working through me so that women can be healed in my next novel that I'm working on, um, just hearing God just pour the words into my mind and they pour onto the page is amazing because this chapter really helped me to understand that we have to allow God to do the work through us and that's how we become his servant another thing that he talks about is he says but servanthood requires obedience servants of God must do what they are told and they must remember who is accomplishing the work God servants of God servanthood requires obedience if we are not willing to obey God, the God of the Bible, Elohim, the existing one, Lord of all, if we're not willing to be to um, obey, are we really serving him? Are we really serving him or are we serving ourselves? Because Christ says in the word, why do you call me Lord, Lord? If you don't do what I say. So if we're saying we're in relationship with God. Through Christ Jesus our Lord and Savior. If we're saying we're in relationship. Then we are obeying God. And his word. God's word. Is the truth. The only truth. And nothing but the truth. Because if we begin to say that God's word is not true. Then we begin to allow the enemy to instill deception in us and then the enemy could make us believe 
that parts of, you know, just different things in, in the scriptures are not true. Thereby, how do we believe that Christ died on the cross, that Christ came, um, died and rose again? How can we believe those things if we don't believe that actual people lived in the times of, of the Old Testament and the New Testament? And there are archaeological evidences for these things these people that existed in the ancient days and so we have record we have archaeological I love archaeology because it shows that the pharaohs lived in you know the chariots and um, the wheels of the chariots that's in the sea and things like that that they're finding in archaeology that we have to believe and obey the word of God if God's word says that sin is what it is, why would God say that Christ came to redeem the world if we didn't need redemption? If the world doesn't need any type of redemption, if there's nothing wrong with us, if there's no sin in us, then why do we need redemption? And so we have to believe the word of God, the word of God as the final truth, nothing but the truth, and know that there is a God that's greater than us. That we are little philosophies that we come up with in our finite minds cannot equal to the infinite God. He says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways. For as high as the heavens are than the earth, so are my ways than your ways. So we know that God's word is a final authority in our life. If it's not, then we're not walking in obedience, as he says in this scripture. To be God's servant, we have to obey. And if we cannot believe God's word in our heart, how then can we obey him? How is he any different? He's not any different or the one that we have created in our mind, the God we've created in our mind. How are they not any? He's that God, that false God. How is that not different from the wooden images that they made in scripture? Because they wanted something to worship that wasn't the true and living God. And a lot of it had to do with the obedience piece. They didn't want to obey. They wanted it their way. So they had to build something that would couldn't do anything for them. That they could say they're bowing to. But they're not. But in the end, when they needed the source of life, it wasn't the source of life that they were worshiping. So we have to obey the living God. He goes on to share some testimonies of how, you know, God provided in the ministry because they were willing to allow God to work through them to serve people. And um, with serving others, there does take monetary uh, provision. And so we know that we need money to move in the earth. And so um, oftentimes we forget that piece, that money is actually needed in the earth realm now in the spirit realm is no good but in the earth realm money is needed so um he talked about that and how god had really worked um and brought the provision in his life and the last part he talked about elijah he said elijah acted in obedience in god's command he went where god told him when god told him and he did what god told him 
He did what God told him to do. In his prayer, Elijah said, Let it be known that you are God in Israel, and I am your servant, and that at your word I will do, and I have done all these things. At your word. You are God. Elijah said to God, you are God. In other words, you are God and I'm not. I'm your servant. And that at your word, I have done all the things you told me to do. At your word. Not our families, not our friends, not our pastors, but at the word of the Lord. Are we to obey and serve? He said, Elijah had no ability to bring fire down from heaven, but God did. Elijah did not have the strength to overcome 850 hostile idol worshipers, but God did. So he trusted God and God used him in a mighty way. So he uses some other examples of how they were simple Ordinary people, just like you and I. Ordinary people serving and worshiping an extraordinary God and allowing him to work through us. And we, we, he, he points out that we have to remember that we are not these scholars. and Because the word says that God takes the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. So... Those that feel like, well, I'm so knowledgeable, I know it all, and I have all of these degrees, and I'm, you know, I have this, and I made 4.0s in school. God don't care nothing about all that. God made knowledge. God is the creator of knowledge, so he don't care about any of that stuff. And so that's what that scripture means, that he takes the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, to make them look foolish. So that he knows. That's why he used people like Elijah. That's why he used um, fishermen like Peter and John. And um, just ordinary people. So that we can see that God can use us if we would simply surrender. Be the clay. And allow him to shape and mold us. Surrender our lives. Our wills unto God. Not our will, but God's will. And so I just pray that you truly, as I have been sharing, um, as we near the end of the year, that we begin to experience God more. I love that he wrote this book. I hate that it took me so long to read it because I've had it for a long time and I have the day-to-day devotional and everything. And I just pray that we, my listeners, me, you, and others would hear the word of the Lord. And begin to experience God. Allow God to work through us. Be his servant. His servant for real. I think for years of being in the church and being saved. We hear people say, I'm God's servant. But are we really? And so this this chapter really made me think about that. The end of the chapter, he asked a few questions which were very profound. And I'm just going to 
ask one of the questions because it really stood out to me. It says, have you set conditions for how or where or when you will serve God? How do you think God views your conditional obedience? Because conditional obedience, God, if you if you just do this, then, then I'll do this. It's still disobedience. It's still disobedience. So we on the condition, because we don't get to tell God when we're going to do what he's telling us to do. We have to obey. And I'm talking to myself because there are some areas I still have to obey God. I have to trust him with all of my heart. And you have to trust him with all of your heart, your mind, your soul, everything. Because he's the one true and living God. He's not a dead God. He's not a molding image like they made in the Old Testament, like some people have made today. They've made, they they think we're looking for little statues, but no, our molding images are our own selves, that we've made our own selves, our own gods. And so he says, have you set conditions for how or where or when you will serve God? And I personally did. I personally did begin to try to tell God, well, um, Lord, I don't know about that part right there. I don't know that I want to do that. And you do it so quickly and so easily. And I believe God is looking at us saying, really? Because I'm the creator of heaven and earth. And so um, you don't get to tell me what you want to do. Kind of like what we tell our kids when they um, get a little bit older and they try to think they can run something at home and you have to check them and correct them um, and and tell them the same words. You don't get to tell me what you want to do. And so when we are God's servant, we allow God to use us any way he chooses, as Pastor Blackaby has said. And then again, his second part of the question was, how do you think God views your conditional obedience? And I believe I've answered it. I think God looks at us and our and just says really are um are you are you really telling me what you're going to do and so i believe he just waits on us to decide like we go around this merry-go-round and we go around these circles in this rat race and i believe sometimes he's saying okay are you done now i want to use you in this area and when he uses you when we allow god to use us in the area he has already set forth from the foundations of the earth when we allow god to use us in that area that he has already placed on the inside of us to minister the gospel through that particular venue that particular way or path when we allow that peace comes joy comes i can tell you for my personal testimony my personal testimony, I may have gotten agitated, overly stressed and agitated with political things in schools. But when God told me to write Representing God, when God told me to write Hannah's Hope and to take those tools and mentor others, when God told me to write the script and, and, and help people to get the vision, not just the written vision, but the vision for their ministries to help them to see what and unfold what God has placed on the inside of them. When God told me to do those things and he worked through me to get it done, because I promise I tell people all the time with my writing, 
if I can't, if no words are coming to my mind, I will stop writing. Why? Because if I'm trying to do it in my own strength, it's never going to work. It's only when I allow and yield to the Holy Spirit and allow him to work through me, it comes so quickly and so easily. And so I say to you, when we surrender, when we become the clay and let God be the potter, we stop trying to be the potter and the clay. We have to stop trying to be the potter and the clay because we can't be both. And God can't be your clay. We can't shape and mold. See, that's been the problem in our world. We try to shape and mold God to the image that we want him to be, the God we want him to be. I don't want to um, live my life this way because of the script, what the scripture says. So I need this God. I need this kind of God. And so we have to begin to admit that's what we're doing in our hearts. That's what we're really doing. The Bible says that we sin against God. We can't sin against anybody else but the living God. We can harm other people around us by our sin, by the destruction in our lives, in the self-destructive ways and the things that we do and the subtle things that we do. We can harm other people, but in, ultimately we are sinning against God. And so what we have done in our society, current society, we have flipped the roles. God has the false God that people have created or erected in their lives is a is the clay because they want the God that they want so that they can be comfortable serving that false God. And it's, it's not. And they become the potter. But the God is the potter and we are the clay. The living God is the potter and we are the clay. He's not the clay. The false idols are the clay that we've cre we've erected in our lives. And so we have to remember that. And I thank God for that revelation because I didn't even think about that before. And pray to God for revelation. Pray to him about everything where do you want me to serve? Where do, where do you want to use me, God? What area? How do you want to use me? I even, a lot of times people don't know this about me. But God walked me through by the power of the Holy Spirit. God walked me through every step of how to build the website, the ministry blog for Hope in Christ. The Holy Spirit led me the way, showed me the way. And the devotionals that were written and all of the things, he led me every step of the way. In my business, God led me. And, and, and a few people that were ministers of the gospel helped me with certain things, but he led me. And I even pray to God, God, is this person supposed to be my client? Is this person supposed to be connected to me? If not, because everybody's not connected to us. They're not supposed to be. So we have to, in order to serve, we have to listen to the voice of God and know where and when does he want to use us and also to whom he wants connected to us. Some people are not supposed to be. Amen.
And let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word again today. We thank you for the revelation that you are the potter and we are the clay. You're not the clay and we're the potter. We don't get to mold you in a different way to make ourselves comfortable, to make our lives comfortable. You said narrow is the way that leads to life. And few will find it. Help us, oh God, to first of all worship you in spirit and in truth. To love you with all of our heart, our mind, our soul, and our bodies. And then, Father, mold us so that you can use us for your great works. For people to be redeemed. For people to be delivered. For people to be set free. Help us to trust you and walk by faith. And not in fear. No fear of finances. No fear of loss. No fear of anything but faith. I thank you for who you are, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all for tuning in to Hope in Christ with Denise here on Kingdom Influences Broadcast. I'll see you next week.